Down south, they say it's the economy, stupid. Up here, we say it's the economy, eh? And this is Political A Economy Radio, a progressive take on economic issues in Canada and beyond. My name is Michał Rozwodski, and welcome to the show. This week, I focus on the experience of left parties and organizations at the municipal level. Although the left has still exercised only limited political power in many places since the financial crisis, some cities have seen left projects come to power or build new institutions in interesting ways. Two guests this week speak to two examples of what could be called municipal socialism in Europe and North America. First up, Yusuf Quadura describes the experience of Barcelona and Camus. And next, Kali Acuno discusses what Cooperation Jackson is doing in Jackson, Mississippi. In 2015, a new left coalition, Barcelona and Camus, took control of the municipal government in Barcelona. Led by housing activist Ada Colau, the party did what Podemos couldn't do nationally and garnered enough support to govern with the intention of implementing a left program, at least at the municipal level. To get a sense of the plans, accomplishments, and challenges faced by Barcelona and Camus just over a year into its mandate, I spoke with Yusuf Quadura, a member of Barcelona and Camus' international group. Yusuf is also part of the party's coordinating committee in the Gracia district, where we met and talked over coffee, excuse the ambient noise, and a substitute councillor for the Gracia district council. Here he is. So do you want to say a little bit about how, uh, how Barcelona and Camus was, uh, was formed? Basically around uh, the summer of, well, yeah, end of summer of 2004, F14, mm-hmm. Uh, Ada Colau, which was a very important activist, uh, decided to create this platform, mm-hmm. uh, which would eventually uh, go to the municipal elections. Uh, and the idea was to create a big front, like, okay. uh, a, a, like big, a wide popular front kind e- of thing. Exactly. Uh, that would group up um, left uh, politics parties mm-hmm. uh, with people who are not involved in, in politics and. Uh, Kind of are starting to see the importance or the need of actually doing something. Okay. So that was kind of like the the main idea behind it, and uh, it took a lot of months for this to be created. But uh, at the end, uh, there's four big left parties inside Barcelona and Comú, right. which were already parties like some of them from the 1930s, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of people who are just normal people that never participated in politics but at this moment felt like they needed to and they wanted something different so that that was the main idea right so kind of like an old older left and then a newly politicized like i guess exactly in some ways kind of what podemos and iu together were yeah yeah and uh it was kind of very interesting because uh, the new people have something to bring to the table which Mm. is probably like uh the like the the needing of doing something and uh, maybe positive energy, you yeah. Know? But uh, and the the people who are already in, in political parties uh, brought experience and uh, know-how. Again, in kind of broad terms, what was the program that Enkumu brought brought to the elections that it uh, ended up getting a major- you know winning? What what were sort of like the main planks of the platform? Okay. Uh, if, like if we had to summarize the program in one sentence, it would be defending the public good. Okay. <laughs> Especially in the time of crisis and all that, where we've seen during the past uh, seven years, or no, actually even more, 
uh, eight years uh, how privatizations have become something extremely normal and mm -hmm. we don't even notice them anymore. Uh, we felt the need uh, to explain to everyone that this cannot be happening and that that we need to defend what's what's ours, you know, what's mm -hmm. everybody's, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was kind of the main idea behind everything, the, the whole campaign and the whole program. Right. So if we, if we get into like some details, first of all, before even finishing the whole uh, um, agreement with the parties and everything, uh, there was a weekend where we met everyone uh, in order to, to create an ethical uh, agreement. Okay. Okay, so uh, where in, in that agreement we had things like uh, lim limiting the salaries okay. of, of the public uh, representatives, uh, what to do when there's a corruption case, um, and things like that that will, okay. will give people the, the confidence and the trust uh, that we will actually do things for the public good and not for right. a personal. Okay, going back to like more kind of general ideas behind the program, uh, defending people's basic rights. Mm -hmm. That's one of the pillars, let's say, uh, such as housing. And uh, we think that everyone has the right to have electricity and water and gas, <laughs> right. uh, whether they can pay for it or not. It doesn't yeah. matter. I mean, it's something basic and we can't afford to have people in Barcelona, which is a rich city, uh, be living without heat yeah. in the winter, you know? Uh, also, uh, making democracy more transparent mm -hmm. and having people being able to participate in easy ways. Uh, changing the way the city works, which right. uh, I mean, we, we can get into it later, but uh, right now Barcelona is very dependent on tourism and right. we 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 like tourism but we don't think we should only depend on it yeah you know because uh things can go wrong and then we'll You're be left, left with, with nothing a, yeah exactly so so that's something we need to avoid uh so th those are kind of like the main ideas and then there's like smaller plans for each district because mm -hmm. there's a big difference between let's say gracia and uh uh, Ciudad Bella, you yeah. know, the needs and the and the situations are very different. So each district has its own kind of localized plan. plan and policy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess the question that naturally arises for me then is one, you know, I, I understand it's been a short time, but one is how much of that you've been able to accomplish, and two. Um, how difficult it's been to implement, especially when you talk about, you know, anti-privatization and the yeah. kind of expansion of the public good, how, how, what the challenges have been to accomplish that in kind of a more general regime of austerity, especially coming down from the federal and regional kind of levels. And then, you know, in Spain, the austerity has been quite, the crisis was very severe yeah, and yeah. the austerity response has been very severe as well. Yeah, and actually, until now, I mean, our uh, our local government in Barcelona was actually doing exactly was the same also, thing, yeah. even though they were not the same party. But they were they basically defend the same thing until the last elections Mention, in 2014, yeah. uh, 15. Sorry, mm -hmm. um, that's when we came in, and that's where where we made the shift. Uh, so, what things that we have achieved? Uh, well, first of all, we've we've done a huge campaign uh, in order to make Barcelona uh, like a refugee shelter city. Mm -hmm. uh, we 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 don't really have the power to 
to bring in right. refugees because that's something. It's a federal. Yeah, it's a fe- actually it's a Euro- European, European thing. thing yeah. uh, but it's a way of making pressure, and we've actually made a huge network of cities that are the same, you know, mm-hmm. all over Europe. Uh, that's kind of not really an achievement, but it's uh, like a pressure yeah. measurement measure, you know. Uh, we've we've created fines for banks who have uh, uh, flats without anyone okay. living in empty, them. Yeah, it's like empty flats. Empty flats, yeah. So they have to pay fines every, I don't know, I don't know how many years, but they have to pay a, a large fine for keeping that flat empty, for mm-hmm. not renting it out. We've increased the number of social uh, flats. Okay. Social housing, yeah. Social housing. Uh, we're right now uh, something very exciting is the the creation of an electrical company, which okay. will be buying and selling electricity to consumers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, and what the basic uh, points about this company is that um, it will not allow people to not have electricity if they can't pay for right. it. Uh, we've also uh, increased the transparency uh, by. Uh, like there's a plan every mm-hmm. every mandate has a like a city plan mm-hmm. which is elaborated during the first year of of the mandate and uh, what we did is uh, make we made a on, an online platform and uh, over 500 meetings all over the city uh, about different themes mm-hmm. where people can propose ideas right and then people vote those ideas throughout the whole uh, process and at the end of that process which was about five months long okay uh, the the most voted uh, right, ideas were per- like a ranking yeah, kind of a- yeah and th- those are the ones that were implemented in the city plan for the next okay. four years then also we've created a, <clears throat> a, a, a large plan for uh, hotels and uh, tourism touristic uh, housing mm-hmm. because it's kind of getting out of control like the airbnb stuff exactly and all of that, yeah so we have like the whole center of the city which is becoming totally inaccessible and mm-hmm. it's becoming like a complete touristic area which yeah. is not okay because you're kind of breaking the city yeah it pushes end. people out then it exactly. creates a kind of dead zone where people aren't living exactly and then even f- i don't even think it's good for tourists because they're going to end up going to a, a zone where they're not going to see the <laughs> yeah. real Barcelona. Yeah. They're going to just see more tourists, yeah. you know. Yeah. So what we've done is a, a whole city plan, which is, which takes different parts of the city and allows hotels to be created in some areas, but not in other right. areas. Okay. Uh, environmental measurements, such as uh, connecting the two trams, which are on the two different sides mm-hmm. of the city. So we want to reduce uh, the p- private car use. Mm-hmm. And uh, push people to take public transport mm-hmm. because Barcelona is one of the worst cities uh, when it comes to uh, air quality in, in Europe. Okay. We've wow. been fined a million times, and this has to be stopped because I mean, at the end of the day, it's the air we're breathing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, those are main accomplishments in one year, which is not a long time. It, it's not a long time, time at all. Yeah. And also, I mean, connecting it with what you were saying, like the, I think you were you asked me about. Yeah, I mean, that, so the other cha- the flip side of that is basically what the kind of what the challenges are. Yeah. Um, and one just in the general kind of austerity regime that I just you know, in any kind of federated system, you get funds that yeah. come down, so there's less of that. And two, what kind of powers you have of financing some of the right some of the some of the yeah. things you want to do. Well, first of all, I mean, we do receive funds from mm-hmm. from the federal level. 
but also some that are created here. Exactly, you know? yeah. So it's kind of like a mix of mm -hmm. those two. But, I mean, uh, talking about the challenges, first of all, I think one of the big challenges that we have is that the media is constantly against us. Even before the, the elections, I mean, it's even surprising that we won because yeah. uh, the way every newspaper and every TV channel uh, was kind of working against us is, is really surprising you know yeah well it's not surprising but not surprising <laughs> but it's it, it's still incredible to see yeah. the extent yeah yeah so that's one of the main uh challenges because you, uh, at the end of the day it's uh manipulating the public opinion uh, and we need the public support otherwise yeah. this wouldn't be happening mm -hmm. uh another challenge is um that we're kind of ruling in a minority right because we only have 11 uh counselors in the city council, mm -hmm. which means we need the support of other left groups. Mm -hmm. We uh, And the, the problem is that there's a lot of uh, contradictions, mm -hmm. you know, because they have other interests on, on, a, on, a, on the Catalan level, for example, and sometimes just to avoid giving an image of, okay, we're with these people, they, they can't vote With, right. with us, you know, right. just because they are not, they can't afford to give that image, which I would not understand, but I, but I, I know why they're doing it. But it's uh, you can't be a left party and then vote against a left government or a left minority or, kind of, or yeah. left ideas that yes. we're proposing, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you know. But I mean, even so, we're kind of trying to work through it, you know, even though there's these big challenges that that we're facing constantly actually mm -hmm. what kind of going back just to the last thing of um, financing like what are what are the powers to raise money that Barcelona that like the city government yeah. has and what are some of the ways um, that you could potentially expand that right so like what's the local <coughs> level taxation well, basically here well, basi basically I mean probably the most important one is the housing housing tax okay, I don't yeah. know what what you call it probably that, that, that works yeah like, like when you own a property mm -hmm. property property tax yeah. or land tax and yeah. actually we've done a uh, we've reformed that okay. recently uh, we kept everything the same except for the higher ranking mm -hmm. uh, owners let's say yeah uh, we've increased that because we believe that uh If you have one house, we're not going to come and right. take your money or whatever, <laughs> even though that's what people want, you know, newspaper want people to think. Yeah. But, uh, like, if someone's really, really wealthy, we believe that they should be paying more. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's just fair, you <laughs> yeah. know. Uh, we're not going to take anything from them. We just think that they should be paying more proportionally because they can afford more. That's mm -hmm. it. So that's what that's probably the main income, and of course, I mean, tourism right now is probably one of the other sources that moves the economy. Yeah. Uh, uh, but other than that, public companies, uh, yeah. which we don't have much left. Of, yeah. But those are probably the main incomes. So also working what we were talking about before, working on uh, remunicipalizing the water, for example, right. or electricity. Those yeah. are ways of also. Bringing back yeah. our power, you know, and our economy to the to the local government. Yeah, no, that, that that makes sense, and I guess it's on the model of some of the something I know that's happening across Europe, like in Germany yeah. or other places where you have the municipal power and all of that. Um, 
I mean, I guess I'll, going back to what you said about the other left parties, yeah. um, and I think you've kind of hinted at this, is, I guess, the sort of autonomy, autonomy question here in Catalonia. And I wanted just briefly kind of to raise that and just to get a sense of how Barcelona and Comú sort of fits into, um, yeah, I guess fits into, like, the autonomous movement and what, what its relationship is to that question whether you try you know whether because it's a wide popular front whether you try to kind of avoid it or you know yeah basically what the relationship is to that question so uh, basically well Barcelona Comú is not currently uh, in the Catalan uh, parliament yeah but uh, we do have a position okay which is well, if I mean, when you talk about autonomous movement, I guess you're talking about the independence. Independence movement. movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, exactly. Uh, I mean, independence so uh, basically, what what we do is uh, we we defend the referendum option. Okay. We don't defend doing anything unilaterally. Uh, I mean, even the parties that are inside Barcelona Comú, even before Barcelona Comú was born. Uh, we were already defending the, the referendum option. We never defended doing anything that doesn't go through that because we believe that the only way to actually do something this important and mm -hmm. this huge is to actually have uh, real knowledge of what people want. Yeah. I guess as a, as a last thing and kind of looking forward, so I mean, you mentioned Ada Klau, who was sort of one of the main people behind and now is the mayor of Barcelona and she's, you know, famously an activist before yeah. and, a, and a housing activist. Um, how how has Barcelona and Camus been able to kind of carry forward, you know, the spirit of activism into into more institutionalized politics? Yeah. Um, you know, in a way kind of bringing the, the squares into the, into the city hall yeah. and also to sort of maintain both the support and the energy that you talked about of these like sort of newly politicized people yeah. now that power is more institutionalized and you actually okay. have to work through it. So uh, first of all, I think, well, first of all, you have to take into consideration that uh, a large portion of the people that were inside of Barcelona Comú were already in politics mm -hmm. and we were pretty used to losing because, you know... <laughs> As the left is pretty much everywhere yeah. in the left. We were, I mean, so it's kind of like... Uh, the, probably for us, frustration is not so much a problem mm -hmm. as for uh, the newly comers. You know, yeah. they, they can probably get frustrated much faster. But so we, so there's these two different kinds of profiles. You know, uh, the so I think probably the people that, that were already in politics kind of maintain like the 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 need of keeping the the meetings and keep mm -hmm. working. And then the newly ones, there's a lot of them who probably started and then quit. Right. Because they didn't like how it worked or they got bored or they thought maybe they had a different idea of how it would be done, you know? What because uh, some, a lot of people think maybe things are easier than they really are. It's <laughs> not easy. And it yeah. takes a lot of effort and work. So uh, basically... Uh, the structure right now is, of course, we have the, let's say, the more institutional side, which mm -hmm. is our representatives, and then we have the the assemblies. You know, mm -hmm. the district assemblies. We have we also have 
the th- like thematic uh, groups. Yep. So they work in different directions. The thematic groups work on like specific topics mm-hmm. like uh, health, uh, energy, etc. And then there's the district assemblies which work on their districts. Mm-hmm. And together we create like kind of like a wheel, you know, right. like everyone is working on one thing and we like the assemblies give support to the to the institutions, mm-hmm. you know, so it's kind of like a back and forth. And have you been able to maintain sort of numbers at the assemblies? And I think uh, a lot better than would be expected, okay. you know, like I wouldn't say everyone's still there, you yeah. know, yeah. but I but I mean, for me, I would have even expected more people to disappear, mm-hmm. you know? So maybe, let's say, maybe we were there was a 20% more people at the beginning. Right. But I think it's very normal. And what's surprising is that the people who are still there are very committed. And uh, I think that's kind of like, it shows that they will be staying. Right. So uh, I think it's very good because th- this is one of the problems that we had before before we created this huge front is that uh, this disconnect between politics and people yeah. you know people saw the parties I mean I come from a party that defends uh, you know the, the working class for, for like over a century yeah. but uh, people didn't see that yeah. they, they wouldn't connect for some reason so uh, what's amazing about this and I mean Adakola has a big part of this marriage because she was, she was she's like the image you know yeah uh, it was this reconnection, yeah. and uh, yeah, I think it's pretty surprising how many people are still there, and it looks like they're gonna stay there. That was Yusuf Quadura of Barcelona and Camus International Group discussing what that party has accomplished in the first year in power in Barcelona. My second guest is Kali Acuno, a leader within Cooperation Jackson, a municipal organization far beyond just a political party in Jackson, Mississippi. Although the group elected the radical Chakwe Lumumba as mayor of Jackson in 2014, before he died tragically only a year into his term, electoral politics is only a small, supporting part of Cooperation Jackson's mission. I asked Callie to begin by introducing this network of worker-run cooperatives, party, and movement congealed into one. Well, the way we, we describe it is an emerging uh, cooperative network and supporting institutions. Uh, and we're building kind of a, a, a interdependent and interconnected uh, network, you know. So there's a, a, a growing kind of federation of worker-owned and operated uh, cooperatives, uh, and they were also working at kind of a broader network with the Southern Grassroots Economies Project, uh, but also uh, a group of national students who are networking to uh, the Divest Reinvest Network, and through that. Uh, we're working to build the reparations loan fund to be able to have some uh, secure capital to be able to expand cooperative businesses. And then with that, we're also doing, you know, uh, uh, a lot of community and, and co-op education through uh, the Mobile Center um, and working towards building a kind of work or self-management school um, to train folks over, you know, the next coming years and decades uh, in how to... Uh, be effective worker owners, but also how to, you know, build a thriving democracy and solidarity economy. Um, and then another kind of core component to what we're doing is really uh, trying to shift and transform the overall relations of production, starting with uh, uh, land, how people relate. 
lake, the land, our land is uh, utilized. So in one sense, we're trying to rebuild the common uh, by creating a community land trust. Uh, and with that, kind of extending that out into building very intentional uh, communities through uh, an eco uh, village where there's kind of a live, work, play uh, environment, which enables us to, to you know, to, to reduce our carbon footprint mm-hmm. uh, overall, you know, uh, with everything that we do uh, to not only kind of create a sustainable economy, but ultimately a regenerative economy where, you know, what we're doing is helping to restore the, the systems of balance uh, on the earth, you know, and to make something better uh, than what we have found and what we're likely to immediately need for our children. So it's a comprehensive vision. You know, um, and there's the, the small steps and, and the intermediate steps of what we're working on now, I think, to get us to a totally kind of, you know, new city, a new set of relationships. But uh, we're chipping away at it. <laughs> and, and, and you're saying a new city. How does the, um, how does municipal sort of level politics fit into this as well? I mean, you had Chakri Lumumba elected as mayor of Jackson. Uh, he died tragically. <laughs> How does this sort of uh, municipal electoral politics, municipal socialism, fit into this sort of broader building of left wing of you know of institutions um, that you just described? Right, right. Good question. Uh, well, first and foremost, I think there's two ways to look at it and how we've been utilizing it strategically. So, you know, the one thing about the the municipal piece we feel, particularly in a city like Jackson, which is 200,000 people. Um, 
you know, that takes a great deal of foresight, I think, to execute and to try to, to, to build from. But that is the strategy by which we tried to use it uh, and which was continuing to try to push forward. So yeah. from our vantage point, we aren't, we aren't yet done with that truck, you know, experiment of uh, municipal power and building, you know, like you, as you mentioned, municipal socialism, because we're preparing to run Shokwe Antar uh, uh, next summer to be able to not only pick up the pieces where we left off, you know, with kind of some incomplete motion with Chokwe Lumumba, but as we have learned more and as conditions have changed and we, we've grown and adapted, uh, I think we'll be much more concise and precise and, and efficient at actually implementing uh, uh, a program in a much more shorter period of time uh, that will enable us to then be able, I think, to kind of replicate person like the, in the Delta, you know, uh, kind of municipal changes that will enable forces from the from below to be able to start not only transforming the, the relationships of production, but to be in a better position to gradually start owning uh, and controlling and self-managing the means of production, you know, which is one of our long-term ultimate roles uh, on, on the road of, you know, pushing for self-determination. Yeah, I have a couple of things that touched on a couple of things I wanted to ask about. Maybe I'll start with a bit earlier. You, you, you talked about, you know, Jackson being a kind of bubble in this, in this sea. And that's one thing I'm wondering about, you know, the experience of kind of seeing this broader pattern of austerity on the one hand and the development on the other hand, you know, investment into the police and carceral, carceral state that, you know, especially disproportionately affects majority black and majority poor black areas. Um, is, is this something that's driving the choice to really focus on the local level on the one hand? Um, and on the other hand, to sort of push alternative institutions to that are, you know, extra governmental that can kind of be a lot less reliant on just sort of electoral experiments. Well, I mean, ultimately, it, it's our view that, you know, radical social transformation comes from below and has to come from below. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just trying to create space at the top, you know, which we read as both the dominance of the state and dominance of capital. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, just kind of commands from on high in and of itself doesn't necessarily, you know, won't change social relations. And that, you know, democracy as we view it is an active and a participatory process. As they say in, you know, a lot of uh, Latin America, a protagonistic process, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is something that, that we believe that if we're really going to change, you know, the, the relations of production, that has to start uh, from the ground up. And in our case, you know, we, we kind of have two challenges. you got the challenge of very repressive social relationships and working conditions which exist in Mississippi. But because, you know, only a, a very limited, fragmented process of kind of industrial production, you know, made it down to Mississippi. Mm-hmm. There's still a role to a certain extent of kind of completing the industrial revolution that we're kind of uh, uh, tagged with and trying to do to be able to to create enough jobs or a new system of, of production and distribution will enable more people to actually have some of the basic things that they need, right? 
which are not totally dependent upon market relations. But it's critical for us because it's not just that, that prison and, you know, the carceral state is, is a major factor in Mississippi. It is. It has the second or third highest incarceration rate in the United States and, and therefore kind of the world. But there's also a situation wherein, you know, the real unemployment rate in a lot of black working class communities is well over 50%. Yeah. So we have the piece of, you know, having to develop the industrial base to be able to provide a certain amount of jobs, you know, just for the community to alleviate some basic poverty, you know, deep grinding mm-hmm. poverty. So yeah. we have kind of, we have that challenge, which is a critical thing. And on a practical level, it just started with what is the area where, where you know, as a left force, as a radical force, you know, that, that has built us a base, where could we have the greatest impact? That was the question that we started really asking ourselves about 15 years ago. You know, as a Malcolm grassroots movement, where will we really have the greatest impact? To be able to do some forward planning, some forward thinking in a way that will kind of, you know, uh, uh, enable us to get out of some of the defensive and, and you know, just life-sustaining fights dealing with austerity and dealing with uh, uh, repression. And we looked at a number of different factors, and Jackson made the most sense. Now, part of the thing that made sense was not only was there have we built a base over a period of about 30 years in Jackson, Mississippi, but part of the thing was also looking at historical trends and a historical kind of positioning, if you will. And that is, you know, Mississippi already on its, on its own elects, you know, just to give you a sense of its consciousness and where with the, the consciousness of the people and the consciousness that exists in the social relations. So Mississippi mm-hmm. uh, has the largest number of black elected officials uh, than any state in the country by far and away. Yeah. So there's already a, a level of consciousness about collective self-interest that exists in the community relative to electoral politics and what people see of electoral politics that this is a way that will either that will potentially or hopefully alleviate some of the, the the pressure and open up more opportunities. Right now, it hasn't kind of played that role, you know, to a large degree. But that's still the aspiration, the hope for what people understand of what's possible in the present system that we have. Right? Yeah. And so people are utilizing what exists to the extent that they can just to, to meet some change. So for our vantage point, we said uh, there's a critical element of consciousness, but there's also the demographic factors that, that play into that. And so that the, you know, the way Mississippi overall is constructed, according to the U.S. Census, you know, which we don't take to be totally inaccurate, but according to the U.S., Jack, Mississippi is 40% black, 60% white. There's a small, you know, within their small other, you know, give or take, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for us, it's understanding, and then there's a, there's a clear historical divide between kind of the east and the west of the state. The east is majority white. And there's the area that had the poor soil. And is where the kind of the white working class group of, of settlers, you know, were kind of forced to concentrate and kind of eat out a living, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they couldn't afford to buy the, the more uh, uh, nutrient-rich black soil portion adjacent to the river that became you know, the part of the Black Belt and was part of the Cotton Kingdom. And that is where that historic area, you know, cotton being dependent upon, you know, enslaved African labor, that is still where the majority of black people in the state live, right? So you kind of have this split 
down the, like, not exactly down the middle, but east-west kind of divide amongst the state. So from our vantage point, it, it wasn't just that we we were embarking or, or choosing to embark on this just to remain kind of a progressive bubble, because we also know that given those factors, I talked about the elected officials and people's consciousness, that there's an ability to expand similar types of projects and relations of production primarily in the Delta or in the Black Belt region of the state. That's kind of a second phase of development which will, will keep us from being isolated and move it from, you know, just kind of this, this isolated urban mm-hmm. uh, project into more rural and, and more, for Mississippi anyway, mid-side communities. But for us, it brings us into type of relationship where you know, with with that, you know, the land base is the resource, the greater resource base. We can start creating kind of our own value chains and production chains within that. So we're not as dependent upon, you know, your regular market forces for lumber or for other raw materials that would then go into our overall production cost. So we developed first was kind of like a a, a, a sub regional strategy, and with that, a state strategy. And then there's some concrete things that we're looking at that. You know, for us, being a very, you know, class-specific oriented uh, uh, project as part of our politics, we also understand and are looking for that given those, you know, kind of racial demographics and how that plays out politically, one of the major tasks that we have that we think is possible, given Mississippi and given Mississippi demographics, you know, it's incumbent upon us to find a way to organize with allies 10% minimum of the white working class or white, you know, working mm-hmm. white white allies in the state, and move them more towards a progressive to radical political position. And if we can get that equation and organize that many amount of people, and have them form a solid base, you know, with a clear, concrete program, I think of new social relationships and increase, you know, uh, quality of life, right? Which, yeah. which we are making a distinction of we, we are, we're, we're struggling for a program to improve the quality of life, which does not necessarily mean a job. So that's a difficult thing. Yeah. We're still trying to figure out how to speak about that. But new social relationship and improved quality of life that, you know, we could be in a position in 10 to 15, 20 years to actually uh, uh, govern Mississippi as a, as a base of progressive to radical politics in the United States and within the framework of the limited framework of, electrical, of electoral politics that played out in the United States. So it's a broader vision. We call it the jackson Cush plan. It's a broader vision that starts in Jackson, but by no means is it intended to end there. That's just, you know, there's a step one, you know, and there's phases within step one and things that got to, you know, some concrete measurable goals and things we're trying to achieve. You know, and then from there, gradually kind of build out, you know, in motion. These things, some of these things are going to happen simultaneously, of course. But, you know, this was kind of the thinking and strategy that we worked on well over a decade, even before, you know, Chokwe ran for city council and and eventually ran for Land One. So that's the the overall kind of thinking in the context, which is informed cooperation, Jackson, a lot of its strategy, you know, to this point. You know, and and it's constantly evolving, it's constantly growing. You know, we have to respond to the different forces and stimuli and the tax that come our way uh, uh, and continue to learn what we're doing. You know, so 
it's fluid enough that we can contend and not just be kind of lockstepping or something which is 10 years old, but which is a living kind of dynamic breathing piece. And as long as some, some core element kind of remained in place, there's still a basis to move in, in a certain direction, but perhaps with a new, you know, a, a modified strategy and new tactics constantly kind of evolve. That was Kali Akuno of Cooperation Jackson describing what that organization has been up to in Jackson, Mississippi. That's all for this week. Talk to you again soon.